0: you're listening to a message from Stonegate Church. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, please visit Stonegate.church. And a good word it is. Stonegate, how are we doing this morning? We're lively. (laughs) If you want to go ahead and grab your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 7. It would be helpful to have that out and open on your lap. And While you're turning there, if you are new with us this morning, it is such a privilege to have you. We're just praying that the Lord would meet you in some really meaningful ways today. And uh, what we're about as a church is really simple. We are about the work of enjoying Jesus and making disciples. And we would just love to have you as a part of that work um, here in this particular church family. And if you are new, uh, we would just love at some point uh, during the service, if you'll take this card, it says Connect on it. It's in the the, uh, back of those seats in front of you. If you'll take that card and at some point fill that card out, Um, You can either put it in the offering basket at the end of the service, or better yet, you can take it right on the other side of that wall is our Connect Center. And if you take that card uh, filled out out to that Connect Center, they will uh, exchange that for a book. So if you would do that for us, we would so greatly appreciate that. And there's also this black card that says prayer at the top in those seat backs in front of you. If there's any way that we as a church can be be interceding for you, you can write it on that uh, card, put that in the offering basket at the end. That would put you on our prayer list and we would just find it to be such a joy to be able to pray uh, for you and the particular things that are going on right now in your life. So if that would fit you this morning, uh, please feel free to do that. Okay, today we are going to be celebrating some baptisms. Um, Some of my favorite days of the year are when we get to do this. And uh, my job this morning is to help us prepare for that, to get us ready uh, to witness baptisms and to experience that this morning. And I want to do that by looking at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. And by the way, um, if you've been here over the last several months, you know that we have been working through the Sermon on the Mount, of which Matthew 7 is part of that uh, Sermon of Jesus. And we've had to skip over a few passages, um, primarily because the, the way we had the set of sermons laid out, we've had a few interruptions. But over the next couple of weeks, we're going to go back and grab the passages that we've had to skip over. So we're going to be uh, uh, reversing. Uh, course over the next couple of weeks to grab those passages. So in Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 through 11, uh, this passage, the, these five verses invite us to think about prayer, about prayer. So I want to do some thinking about that with you this morning, about prayer. Um, and let's just start here. What, what is prayer? Uh, that is question number 38 of the New City Catechism. If you've never heard of that, it's a resource that we try to get into the hands of as many of our families as we can. A catechism is a simple question and answer. It's a a way throughout church history that the church and or pastors have tried to help equip their people theologically. So it asks big questions like, what is God? What is prayer? And then it gives simple, memorizable answers to those questions. And so it's a really great tool to teach good theology in your home. So if you don't have that, you can either download the app, New City Catechism app on your phone, or uh, you can go out to the bookstore and grab uh, the little New City Catechism book and It's just a really great resource to have in your home to teach your kids or even yourself good theology. Question number 38 of the New City Catechism says, what is prayer? And here's the answer that it gives. Prayer is pouring out our hearts to God. Pouring out our hearts to God. There's more you could say about prayer, but there's not less. It's pouring out our hearts to God. Now contrast that way of seeing prayer, pouring out our hearts to God, with what we so often call prayer. Prayer is not parading, you know, an impressive theological vocabulary. Prayer is not um, having all the right words when you stand up in, in front of people to pray. Prayer isn't poetry that just amazes people when they hear it. That, that is not prayer. Prayer is getting before God, our, our dad, and it's opening up our heart. It's pouring out our hearts to our dad. The, the good. The, the bad, the the ugly, everything in between it's it's getting before God with that sort of an open heart and letting God see it all, pouring all of that out before God. but prayer is in, in this way it's gritty. Pr- prayer is gritty. It's talking to God about our sin, it's talking to God about our insaneness, it's talking to God about our fears it's it, it's pouring out our hearts to God, it's celebrating with God it's it's crying to God it's Prayer is so gritty that according to Romans 8, sometimes the only way we can express it is through groans. It's that gritty. This is prayer. It's pouring out our hearts to God. And this passage shows us at the core of praying is asking. It's asking. Prayer is an invitation to pour out our needs to God, our wants to God, our requests to God. Uh, Paul Miller, in his book, A Praying Life, I would recommend it. It's such an encouraging, helpful book on prayer. In that book, Paul Miller says that if you were to condense down into one word everything that Jesus teaches about prayer in the New Testament, so everything Jesus says All that filtered down into one single word. Paul Miller says that one word would be ask. You want to summarize everything Jesus says about prayer down into one word? That one word would be ask, and you see that in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, ask in verse 7, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, will your dad, who is in heaven, good give good things to those who ask him? It's amazing. Passages like this make me ask the question: how much am I living without simply because I'm not asking God for it? Have you ever just stopped to think about that personally? How much are we living without just because we're not stopping and and pouring out our hearts, pouring out our needs, pouring out our wants uh, to God? A passage like this makes us ask ourselves this question. Am I an asker? Am I bringing my requests, my wants, my needs before God? Think Think about a praying life like a pathway. Here's the pathway. And we all want to be on the pathway of a praying life. And this pathway, you, you might could call this, past, uh, this pathway asking in faith. That's what pr- a praying life looks like. We're, we're continually doing Matthew 7. We're bringing our needs, our wants before God, and we're asking in faith. We're making big ask from God. We're asking audacious, huge things from God. We're really believing, uh, believing Jesus when he invites us to, to bring our ask, to bring our requests before God. This is praying in faith. This is this this pathway of a praying life. Now, there are two ditches on either side of that pathway, and we don't want to be in these ditches, but oftentimes we find ourselves in these ditches. So here's a praying life, what we're asking in faith. Uh, On this side, there's this ditch uh, called not asking. We just stop asking. We just develop a way of living that says, I'm not going to ask God for the things that I want or need in life. I'm just going to kind of go do my best to make them happen. This is one ditch, not asking. Then there's ditch number two. That's ditch number one, not asking. Ditch number two is asking selfishly. Oh, oh, We're asking, but our ask have nothing to do with God, right? So so ditch number one is is not asking. Ditch number two is, is asking selfishly. Now, although both ditches are dangerous, again, we don't want to be in either ditch. I think the overwhelming amount of Christians live in ditch number one. Just not asking. Over time, we just get cynical. We've asked and God doesn't answer. So it's not even worth asking anymore. The things I need are so big that it would actually take a miracle from God to do. I'm just, I'm just not going to ask him anymore. We just get cynical over time. And too many of us are living in that very cynical, non-asking sort of a ditch. I agree with Paul Miller when he says, in my experience, most people do not put God to the test. They, They do not put God to the test. They don't ask him for what they want. So a passage like this in Matthew 7 makes us ask that question. Are we putting God to the test? Or... As a son or daughter of God, are we living below our privileges? Part of the privilege, and if you're in Christ, if you're an adopted son or daughter of God, part of the privilege of your adoption, of your sonship, is that you get to ask God for things, trusting that he is a good dad who loves to give good gifts to his kids. So so we get to ask him. So, So are you doing that? Or, or, or are you living below your privileges? Now, one of, the, one of the passages in the Bible that has helped pull me out of that cynical, non-asking ditch is the story of blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. So blind Bartimaeus, he can't see. And he wants to see. And one day, Jesus is walking down the road beside blind Bartimaeus, and he hears, this is Jesus. And so he fights through the crowd all the way to Jesus. And when he gets to Jesus, in Mark chapter 10, verse 51, Jesus looks at blind Bartimaeus and says, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus, what what do you want me to do for you? Now, just imagine for a moment, just imagine God asking you that question this morning. What would you like for me to do for you? What what do you need right now in your life? Now hear this. If you are a son or daughter of God, you don't have to imagine God asking you that question this morning. God is asking you that question this morning. What what do you need for me to do? What would you like for me to do in your life? That is the question God is asking you this morning prayer is an invitation for you to respond to that. What what, what do you want me to do in your life? Blind Bartimaeus responds, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. He just, he just asked Jesus, God, here's where I am. This is what I need. I want to see. That's what I want. So so will you help me see? And then verse 52 of Mark 10, and Jesus said to, to blind Bartimaeus, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, Blind Bartimaeus recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Just imagine that. This man asked for sight, and he left seeing. He asked for a miracle, and in that moment, he received a miracle. Now, I just think a lot of us need to feel this deep down in our souls this morning, in our bones this morning. When we pray, we're praying to our dad who loves to give good gifts to his kids, And we're praying to our dad who is all powerful, therefore he can give good gifts to his kids. He loves to do it and he can do it. That's that's who we're praying for. So church, may we be people who are asking, amen, who are taking our request before God. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you personally. I just want to apply it and we'll be done with this in one way corporately. I want to apply this invitation in prayer to ask God. He loves to give good gifts, and he can give good gifts. So what should we be praying as a church? I want to invite you to be praying with me for this, for our church family. Will you join me in asking our dad for more conversions? For Jesus to save and rescue more people? For more people to go from death to life, from under the wrath of God to under the welcome of God, from an eternity in hell apart from God forever to an eternity in heaven with God forever. Can we as a church just, I mean, just plead with God for more of that? To to pester God for these things, to plead with God for these things. I mean, just think about your life in particular. God has put you in a particular time, in a particular place. He has you in your particular neighborhood, in your particular workplace, or if you're a student in your particular school with those particular kids and those particular friends. And if, and if you have people in your neighborhood or your workplace or in your family or in your school that, that are apart from Jesus, God has put you there in part for their rescue. So you can be salt and light right there so that they could see through your, your, your life, they could hear from your lips about Jesus, and they would be looking through all of that all the way to the God who has put you there. God has done that for, for that reason. And so if, if anyone in our neighborhood, if anyone in our family, if anyone among our friends, if anyone in our workplace, if anyone in our school ends up in hell one day, It ought to be despite our pleading with God for their rescue. It ought to be despite us us pleading with God to rescue and redeem them. So Stonegate, can we just be people who ask for that? I mean, we're going to be celebrating baptisms this morning. Could we just be a people who ask that like, God, would you create a situation in our church where like every other week we're having to do baptism services? Like like every other week we just, we're going to have to stop and do some of that. Our next baptism service, we ought to all be asking that God would use our life and our lips for the rescue of another person so that we would be standing beside our friend, our neighbor, our co-worker up here in the next baptism service. Can can we just be people asking God to do these things? And, And I'm praying that this morning, as we're watching baptisms happen, that we would be encouraged that that's exactly what God wants to do. That's the heart of God. He wants to use you. He wants to use me for that ordinary people, just like you, just like me, for those ends. So I'm praying this morning as you're watching baptisms, it would just sort of like whet your appetite. It would put in you a deep burden to, to pray, to, to ask Jesus for more of these things. So as we experience baptisms this morning, let me remind you of four things. Number one, there are two stories being told. When you're watching baptisms this morning, there's two stories being told. Story number one is that Jesus saves. That's the story of the person in the water being baptized, that Jesus really does bring dead things to life. Jesus saves. The second story being told is not just that, that Jesus saves. That's story number one. Story number two is that Jesus uses people to do it, ordinary people. Just like you, just like me, those are the exact people that God uses for the rescue of other people. And God uses our praying. God uses our befriending. God uses our lives. God uses us opening up our mouths and talking about Jesus. There's two stories being told. Jesus saves and he uses ordinary people like you and me to do that saving work. So I just want you to be encouraged by those two stories this morning. Number two. I want to encourage you to let baptisms preach to you. Uh, the, the sort of audible part of the sermon this morning is, is really small. So, so th- today the sermon is not primarily meant to be received through your ears. It's meant to be received through your eyes. So when you're watching baptism today, let those preach to you. It's telling a story. It's preaching a sermon to you. As they go down under the water, it's the story of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus cleansing us from our sin, paying for our sin. We have been buried with Christ in baptism. And when they come out of the water, it's this picture of the newness of life that Jesus brings about. Aren't we grateful that God makes new things? If you're in Christ, you've been made a new creation. When they come up out of the water, it's the the sermon of God doing that. It's the picture of God making all things new, of God making this person new, a new creation. So let these things preach to you. Number three, let's celebrate. Some of us by nature, as we worship God, are a little more on the sit and stare side of worshiping. Others of us in the room by nature are a little more into that like stand and shout version of worship. Regardless of what we are this morning, baptisms baptisms are meant to be a, a celebration, a gospel celebration. They're meant to be an occasion for us to do some standing and some shouting. For, for us to do some partying with Jesus. I just want to encourage you to do that, to, to celebrate God's good work among us this morning. And number four, um, we, we uh, this morning, between both services, have seven people who are being baptized. In the early service, we had three people. In this service, we're going to have four people being baptized. But we're bringing two stories out of the early service. So you're going to get to hear two stories, And then uh, they're going to just tell their story. They've already been baptized. And then you're going to get to hear four more people tell their story and be baptized this morning in this hour. So I just want to encourage you to receive that, to be encouraged by that this morning. So will you pray with me? Father, we are so thankful that you are a God who rescues and redeems. You're a God who saves. And you're also a God who is our dad, who tells us to ask. And so God, we as as your people are asking today for you to do more rescuing work, for you to save and redeem more people, for us to get to celebrate with more people in the baptism waters. So, oh God, would you use the life and lips of this church family to accomplish those sorts of things? And it's in your good name that we ask it, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church. A podcast is never meant to replace gathering with your church to hear the preaching of the Bible. So we want to encourage you to be part of a local church family. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. and would love for you to join us as we enjoy Jesus together.